Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hello, I'm Sintram Perkins and this is Doospoir, the Eurovision-loving podcast from the team that brings you Binge Watch. We're here with a little bit of a slightly off-schedule episode, uh, which we've done a little bit uh, off the cuff, just because uh, Ollie Alexander released his song for the UK, Dizzy, at midnight last night, and so we thought it would be great to do a quick mini-update now that everyone's had a chance to listen to it and talk about what this means for the UK in this year's competition. And for this very special episode, I am joined by none other than our very own excellent producer, Liam. Liam, welcome to the show again. Oh, hello. Uh, you know, it's it's. I love the opportunities to just jump in front of the mic and chat about Eurovision with you. So, uh, yeah, I love this. Brilliant. I love having you on too. It's great. Thank you so much for, for being here. I mean, you know, you're always here anyway, in, in the background. Uh, it's nice to have you on here with us too. Well, why don't you start us off then? What, what, when you first listened to the song, what were your initial thoughts? So I, I'm going to just caveat everything that we're about to talk about by saying that I, I don't listen to every entry and the history of Eurovision as religiously um, as you do, uh, which is why you're the host. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I have obviously got an interest in all of the UK's entries over the year. And I think, you know, when, when we look at um, Ollie's song compared to UK entries, certainly, over, you know, this century, it's a strong one. I think it's mm-hmm. it's really, it's got a really sort of dance pop kind of vibe. It's, 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 it's everything you'd expect Ollie Alexander to do. I think when you then compare it to what's becoming a really strong field this year, I think he's picked a bad year uh, to enter. <laughs> I, I think I, I really see your point there, actually. I think it's a song that perhaps in any other year we'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is this is really like going to do really well. It's you know, it's going to walk its way to the top 10 easily. And I think this year there's it's such a strong field that um, I don't I mean, I'm not going to stand out here and say, oh, he's in trouble because I don't necessarily think he is. But I think there's so much happening in this year's contest. There's a lot of people really come out fighting. I think countries this year have come out very much swinging for the fences. And I don't know if that's just because now that we've moved into this new stage where the semi-finals are televote only. So people are fighting that much harder knowing you can't rely on the juries to pull you through. You've got to really grab the viewers at home and make them sit up and pay attention. Mm. And I think that's starting to really sort of take hold now that everyone's, you know, if you're watching things like um, Finland and Estonia, Switzerland, Croatia, all those countries have come out and they've really swung for the fences. They've come out with really big, bold songs, really big ideas. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, has made a really, really fascinating landscape for this year's contest. And then our entry comes along and it almost feels very slightly like if it had come out three weeks ago, we'd have been like, yeah, great. But it's coming out now slightly on the heels of all these really huge songs. And I'm sat there going, it's a great pop song. Is it enough? I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna really stray into territory that maybe Eurovision fans aren't as familiar with because I'm going to throw a football analogy at you right now, uh, which is... The <laughs> I'll try Aston, and keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, Aston Villa started the season this year uh, without anyone thinking they'd even be anywhere near challenging for the Premier League title, right? But they've got a solid team. They've got a solid manager. Everything is good. And I think then if the pieces start just coming together and you get a bit of momentum behind you and those results start coming, suddenly you find yourself in a situation where you are pushing uh, the, the contenders and, 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 and at the front of the field. And I think we can we can apply that to 
Ollie and and Dizzy because the song itself I don't think is anything that's really standing out that everyone's saying wow okay this is the favorite but it is a really good song he's a really good performer he has a really high profile not just in the UK but 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 worldwide so I think if we then I think if the staging comes together and I think if he plays his cards right and campaigns well over the next couple of months we could be talking about this as a as a genuine contender come May yeah, and I think you've made a really interesting point there, which is Ollie Alexander is a very different calibre of pop star to the people we've sent to Eurovision in recent years because he is he's an established name. He is and not like the established names when we were sending like Bonnie Tyler and Engelbert Humperdinck where they are kind of, you know, in the twilight of their careers. He is kind of his career is very much still a thing. It's 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 happening, he's very present, he's he's current. And that in itself, I think, sets him apart from our other artists who perhaps turned up to Eurovision kind of you know, maybe slightly with letting the BBC decide what was going to happen with their mm. performance. I don't think that's what Ollie's going to do. I think Ollie, you know, he said he loves Eurovision. He's wanted to do Eurovision for a long time. This has been his choice. He ha- he wasn't, you know, sort of his his ANR person came up to him and said, "Do you want to do Eurovision?" He was like, "Yeah, sure." He's actively sought this out, so he's going to, I think, be turning up with very clear ideas of how he wants this to look, how he wants it to sound, and he, I think, is going to have very strong creative control of performance, which I think hopefully is going to be a very good thing about this because I, I've i listened to the song, I think maybe four or five times now. Uh, first time I listened to it was last night at, just after midnight while brushing my teeth, which I'm going to say now is not the best time to listen to a new song for the first time because you're not really giving it your, your, your all. And I've liked it a little bit more every time I've heard it. My issue with it slightly is I don't think it really goes anywhere. And mm. But I think that is something that you can change with a live performance, you can tinker with it. You know, the, you don't have to stick to your radio edit. European people have changed them in the past. They've they've played with them, um, yeah. and I think he can do stuff live with this potentially that's going to really lift it from what we've heard so far and really make it something quite special. Um, and because he is this established performer, with you know, he's used to playing to big arenas. You know, he's used to playing to big crowds, feeding off them. He's going to know what's going to work well. Hopefully, I'm saying this with with, with faith in him. <laughs> um, but I think you know he he comes with a with a background and a level of experience that that I would say you know 95% of the people we have sent to Eurovision in the last 20 years simply have not had. And I yeah. think that's what, if anything, is going to really make the difference here yeah you know i i agree and i think we we saw kind of the when it comes to sort of trusting the the creative uh license of the performer uh i think we sort of saw the the fruits of that with sam Ryder because he i think clearly he really brought his style and his his way onto the stage and and i think there was you know people were building the performance and the staging around him rather than just sort of I think where last year potentially when we look at Molly uh, was it um May May Muller Muller, that's it I was gonna say Molly May (laughs) that's a very different show Um, (laughs) but when we look at sort of May Muller it felt kind of very much like they'd already decided what the staging was gonna be and then they just kind of fit her and the song into it so I I agree I think with someone like Ollie Alexander he's gonna lead from the front creatively and I think we saw that, that that worked well two years ago. I, I think it's going to work well again this year. And then when you add on to that, that unlike Sam Ryder, Ollie does have the experience behind him. He's got the stage yeah. presence. Um, and I think that's going to go a long way. And that's why, 
when we're talking about this song's chances, I think we we have to think that it's at least going to be middle of the pack, even if it doesn't fulfil its you know potential. Yeah, and I think you have to remember that middle of the pack is still a really good result for the United Kingdom of Eurovision <laughs> because, like, I mean, I remember when, when like, Lucy Jones, who I, I always get this wrong where exactly changed, I think she was 17th, maybe she was 16th, she was around there. And, like, I think a lot of people were like, oh, that's another really disappointing result. And I was like, that's a great result because we've been kind of yeah. 22, 23, 24, 22, 26. Yeah. And then we're suddenly 17th, which is, we're almost on the left-hand side, which, you know, considering it was a song that I don't think anyone in this country really was kind of behind or felt that much about we we, yeah. we we did well with that song so you've got to remember like how hard it is to score points at eurovision you've got to have a song that people are going to remember after hearing 26 songs they get when the lines open they're going to vote and you have to get into that country's top 10 overall mm. and that's you know the, this is where I, I i worry slightly because i i think this as the radio edit, as I'm listening to it, I don't know if it necessarily has that kind of call to action in it where you can get to the end of 26 songs on Saturday night and go, that's the one I'm voting for. But yeah. I think a live performance of it with bells and whistles and, you know, stagecraft could potentially elevate it into something that you're going to go, yep, I'm voting for that one. Yeah. So, and, and actually, you know, I like, I like your point that, you know, if you're 11th in every country's vote, you're going to get no points. But yeah. actually, you can look at it a slightly different way. That to get to to even be in the top ten in in any country, you have to be a certain number of people's favourite song for them to pick up the phone and vote. So, yeah, I I agree. I, I think is that song going to compel people to vote for it? Potentially not. I think there's other songs that will be more eye catching, potentially just more impactful on the night. But I do think we have to add in the kind of star power of Oli mm -hmm. Alexander. And there will be people watching around Europe who will pick up the phone and vote for Oli because it's Oli. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. He's got a he's got a pre-existing fan base out there. You know, there are people mm. who are, you know, like you said, um, there are people who are excited that it's Oli Alexander. And, you know, some of them are in, you know, Germany, some of them are in Holland, some of them are in Croatia, you know. Um, so mm. that's that's really good for us. And, and hopefully, but we, we can't rely on that. We can't we can't say, oh, you know, that's it. That's the job done. People know who he is. Um, but, you know, we, we, we sent um, Blue 14 years ago, something like that. And um, they did really well in uh, the, you know, they mm. just, I think, just missed the top 10. And that was largely, I believe, because the jury performance went a bit wrong, but they did really well in the phone vote because they were an act that had performed all over Europe. And people were like, yeah. oh, cool, these guys. And they kind of, they came in with an advantage. And the thing you have to remember with the big five countries and the country that is hosting is that they don't go through the semis so the first time people will hear a lot of the viewers will hear it is in the final yeah. you get that one shot to make an impression and so it helps if you are at least a name that people will go oh yeah that guy you know yeah so i i, I have a question actually in that you know the uk does sit quite deliberately um apart from sort of mainland europe um we like to be different we like to do our own thing and when it comes to competitions like eurovision that does work to our detriment you know we we do like to complain a lot that there's you know a lot of politics at play and i, I think you know there's there's a lot of evidence to suggest there probably is in the voting but <laughs> I, I i also think that when we we can't we can't put ourselves over to one side 
and then expects everyone else who are probably more culturally aligned to then find our music more enjoyable or better they're gonna they're gonna find each other's songs better and that's always been a challenge for us hasn't it i think so and i I think that the problem we've had for so many years is that you know we we were we were trusting the british public to pick the song and the british public's idea of what does well at eurovision was kind of 15 years out of date so we were sending all these things going oh yeah that's eurovision and then the viewers of eurovision watching and going no that's not um Mm. so you know i mean you know you can argue for and against the merits of an internal selection and how fair it is if you like but i think it it's actually been helpful that that we've actually got people at the BBC who appear to be the last few years going, we want to send something that's modern and relevant. And, you know, it does not saying it's always going to work. You know, we, we saw that last year. May Muller on paper was a great idea. The song mm. was a great idea. I think the problem we had last year was slightly that, that her inexperience with, with a crowd that size and slightly, I think that it was a song where almost, I think, the opposite of, of Dizzy in that the radio edit was fantastic of I Wrote a Song. Mm. It wasn't a song that really worked live. And so I think potentially with Dizzy, it could go in the other direction, that it's a song that in the radio edit is, is, is fine, it's good, it's enjoyable, it's maybe, you know, it's it's a solid entry, but it's not a top tier entry. And I think there's definitely, ele- you know, I'm listening to it, going, there's elements here, you can do something with this, you can really sell this moment on the stage. And mm. when you've got a performer who knows what he's doing and is used to this, then you can make that happen. So I, yeah, I appreciate a lot of this is total like fantasy football. This is all happening in my head. <laughs> this is this is what what I'm convinced myself is going to happen. And we we may be sat here in May and me going, well, I was wrong about all of that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, you can only ever really at this point talk about the potential for something to do well. And I think the potential is there. Yeah. It's not like it's a lost cause. It's not like we're sat, we, when, when, when they brought out Electro Velvet and we all went, oh my God, um, <laughs> this time round. It's like, you know, the big concern I think we have is that it's only okay. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fine. It's, you know, people going, oh yeah, you know, that's nice. Um, and I think that's not a terrible problem to have. You know, it's, it's not mm. like you're looking at something and thinking it's got no chance. It's, it's something you're looking at it and going, okay. We, we can work with this and I, I i hate myself for not sounding more positive about it but i'm trying to be kind of pragmatic and realistic <laughs> and have my kind of what what do i think is going to happen at eurovision head on yeah um, i i think for the for the first time in several years i think i'm quite resigned to the fact that if we can get a, a top half finish out of this Mm. I think that's a result and I think that's more than achievable and genuinely I feel like this song and you know the the performer we've kind of got a whole package that is kind of perfectly lent to finishing kind of mid-pack because he's gonna pick up votes because of who he is and the song is actually pretty decent too so what I imagine is we're just gonna get this sort of quite consistent trickle of like you know two three pointers from a lot of countries and juries and we'll end up sort of middle of the road which I think is all right when you consider the the songs that are out there and I think we could do a whole episode on Croatia um you know you got you gotta (laughs) think (laughs) please (laughs) (laughs) you know but I, I I actually I I do wonder is this is this the sort of song and artist that you think is going to resonate a lot better with juries I, I think yeah this is a song that potentially has more is going to line up slightly better with juries 
Um, but again, you never know where the juries are going to go. The juries constantly mm. surprise me at Eurovision. Um, you know, even I'm thinking like last year, like with 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 Caria, I was like, oh, you know, that's going to be televote only. The the juries aren't going to go for that, and it, it was kind of fourth with the juries. Um, so it still was incredibly strong performer there. And I think what's interesting this year is that so far, I admit I haven't completely scrutinised every single entry. Obviously, we've still got some entries to come. I don't think there's a Lorene this year in terms of an obvious contender to sweep the juries mm. and hoover up all of those votes. I think it could be more spread out this time, which does, I think, then elevate the televote factor. You know, if you can clear up in the televote yeah. factor, that's where you're going to, you know, that's how you're going to win it. And that's where, you know, your, your Croatia's potentially are going to do really, really well. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's, I, I mean, without wanting to, um, my sort of my reputation too much on the line here with predictions i i do think that i see croatia panning out exactly like that i think mm. they will probably be top 10 um you know maybe sneak into top five with the juries but it's gonna be the public vote that i think they're gonna haul in the points yeah and i think the the interesting thing for me about croatia um is I know we're here to talk about Oli, but I just I have this in my head. Someone's going to say it while I'm here. <laughs> is that you know they've they've got a problem that we don't have, which is that Baby Lasagna is quite inexperienced, and, and I think has openly admitted that he is inexperienced because you know he's he's a musician, he's a professional musician, but mm. he's always been the guitarist before. He was in a band, he wasn't the front man, and he's said you know his, his whole thing has been he wasn't even originally on the shortlist for um, for Dora their national final. He he was drafted in when somebody else. Um, dropped out and apparently he didn't even know that he was the reserve they just rang him up and said oh you're still free and he was like oh okay so he hadn't been preparing um, if you go back and watch his performance from the semi-finals on, on YouTube it's actually kind of a mess because he you know people were saying oh yeah the broadcasters messed it up the sound levels are all wrong and afterwards he was like no that was me I wasn't holding the microphone in the right place because I wasn't I wasn't prepared I didn't know what I was doing so that I think is is, is an interesting fact here that the one that's kind of you know currently the uh the the, the favourite with the bookies has this this guy at the front who's who's so charming and so endearing and and has got so much going for him but at the same time is a little bit inexperienced as a solo performer and mm. is that gonna, gonna you know this this front runner that we have is that gonna cause them some problems and then we've got this other problem where we we don't necessarily we, if we've got the this song that's gonna absolutely draw people in but we have got this incredibly experienced confident performer who's gonna go out there knowing exactly what he's doing. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So I think ultimately we, we we've got we've got some answers, but still a lot of questions, haven't we? There's we still don't even know the field yet. There's still quite a few countries left to confirm their entries, and you know, I mean, I'm I'm still sat here trying to figure out who's going to do well, who's going to qualify. There's there's so many countries that I think are kind of borderline qualification, and whether they get through or not could impact the final so much. It, but like you say, the the main takeaway that that we've got, I think. It's, it's such a good problem to have that we've just got this incredibly strong field this year. There's mm. so many different directions it could go in, so many songs that could really take off. Um, and I just hope we can be in with a shot. I mean, I think what you said about a top, you know, a, a second half of the second, sorry, left-hand side of the leaderboard finish being a very solid result for us. The interesting thing for the UK is we are not a country that's used to that kind of result at Eurovision. We are very much a country of extremes. We have, we spent the 80s and the 90s up the top, 
we drifted down a little bit and then we went straight to the bottom in 2003 mm. and we kind of stayed there and we, we dipped up with Jade Ewan, we dipped up with Blue, we dipped up with Sam Ryder, we got a little bit way up with Lucy Jones. A lot of the rest of the time we've been kind of in the 20s. Yeah. So I, th- I think, you know, we, we've, got, we've almost got something into this mindset that it's, it's now, it's a win or it's a loss and there's no middle <laughs> ground. Yeah. And it'll be very interesting to see what would happen if we do get, you know, a very nice, solid placing, you know, a 10th place, a 12th place, the sort of thing that most countries would be like, yeah, great, job done, good good job, guys. Um, you know, but whereas I think the UK would still go, oh, we did terribly, no one likes us, because we, we, we've got this slightly strange mentality that you, if you don't win it, you've failed. And, yeah, but then I, I suppose, you know... I think we're kind of of that mentality that we'd rather go out in a blaze of glory than than kind of finish halfway down. Um, I mean, and, yeah. I mean do, do we go out in a blaze of glory or do we just go out? Well, <laughs> good point. Good point. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think we, we have gotten a little bit um, ahead of ourselves though with the Sam Ryder result because I think yeah. when we put it in context, that is our first decent finish uh, for many years it's our first it's our it's our first top three or top five finish since what jay duin um yeah jay duin was the last one before sam Ryder. and and those two are the only ones this century so as far as far yeah. as i'm aware um i believe so, so yeah oh no jessica garlic we've got jessica garlic she was very oh, yeah. very very Turn very right at the beginning yeah, yeah. the one that kind of i think everyone forgets poor jessica garlic um yeah but but yeah, and I, I think it will be really, really interesting to see what we would do with a a, a very solid performance that, it, that is neither a win nor a loss. Mm. Um, and I think the the stakes are slightly higher because we've put you know so much oomph behind this one by sending on the Alexander by picking an established star. Uh, you know who who also I guess you know has has his reputation riding on this to some degree. You know he doesn't want to be be you know the example of we sent a big star to Eurovision and still did badly. Like he doesn't want mm. want that on, on following him around. I agree. It's a unique situation. He's rolling the dice a lot because he as you say, he's still he's still quite um, quite prominent and he's he's still got a career ahead of him. So it's a, I mean it's a gamble that we haven't really seen from UK Eurovision acts. Um, I guess only time will tell. Uh, I, I, I think it's a good song. I think he's a great performer. We should do well, but we've said that a lot in the past. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we I mean, I remember sitting here last year going, "Oh, I think I think May Muller could, could still finish top ten and then you know, <laughs> be, being roundly, roundly proved wrong on the Saturday night. Um, but yeah, I think what's very interesting here is is also what this means for the future. You know, if Oli Alexander goes out and and doesn't bring home a respectable result shall we say then that's obviously going to have a huge impact in who they'll sign up in future because yeah. people people won't all go well look at what happened to Ali alexander i don't want that whereas if yeah. he goes out and does well you know if he if he comes back with you know a top 10 a top five then you know you've got that thing where you can say to a subject artist look you know we sent this guy he he had a reputation to lose he did absolutely fine yeah so yeah yeah, it's 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 an interesting test case. I think is, which I'm sure is I'm sure Ollie Alexander would be thrilled that that's what I'm referring to him as an interesting <laughs> test case. But but um, yeah, I mean, I I, I will say the song is um, definitely growing on me the more I listen to it, and hopefully he's got this whole promo campaign for the next two months lined up. He's going to be all across Europe. 
mm. you know, going on telly, on the radio, really, really pushing it to people. Um, and yeah, we just have to wait and see what happens, I guess. Yeah, roll on May. Roll on May. <laughs> A few more podcasts to do before then, though. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I think that's all we've got to say for the time being. Thank you very much, uh, Liam, for joining us on today's show. And uh, I'll be back, well, presumably on Monday, where we'll have uh, more uh, national final results to talk about. Uh, and we, we maybe even have a few more things to talk about in the UK, but hopefully we've covered uh, everything in this one. Uh, so, yes, I will be back with you in a few days' time. Until the next episode, thank you very much for listening. And uh, good evening, Europe, and good morning, Australia. Good morning, Australia.